everyone and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty at Real Chris Platty on all of the social medias and coming back to the podcast for the first time in 2019 is my guy, my buddy, you know him, one half of the Hip Hop Review Podcast, Will Gill. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. 2019, my first time back. New year, but same me and I'm excited to be here, Chris Platty. 100%, man. First off, I got to just... I got to just ask you, man, what's that West Coast weather like? Because I'm dying here in Michigan. Oh, I can't imagine what you guys are going through. I changed the channel on the news. It's so hurtful to me. But uh, it's it's a little cold here. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a chilly 68. You know, I got to wear a sweater when I go outside. But I, I'll live. Thank you, you for your concerns. You Kelly people are ridiculous, man, with your, <laughs> with your entitled weather. Um, but your Kings are looking, your Kings are looking pretty good though. Half, I mean, more than halfway, about two thirds into the season now. And, uh, your Kings are, are in the playoffs. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. We're going for that AC. We're going to try to jump up to seven so we could duck the Warriors, but, uh, <laughs> it's a good time to be a Kings fan right now. If you don't know already best league, league pass team in the NBA. So make sure you catch some Kings games. They're playing very exciting basketball. Yeah, man. Uh, they definitely. I I definitely would give them an outside shot against any team not named the Warriors, just because that West. Like, I love Denver, but they're also young, and I don't trust them as well. So, you know, hey, I think this the Kings could make a series out of any team. But I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you, Will. The Kings, man. When I seen Buddy Heald at the three point contest, when I seen him struggle in that second round. There was a little bit of a smile on my face. I cracked a smile. Why? Because he ran off the court against the Pistons? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why. <laughs> I can't blame you for that one. Yeah. Uh, I was cracking my smile when uh, he hit 26 in the first round to uh, be the be the leader. And, you know, 26 won it on the second round. So I just like to think Buddy won, if you ask me. <laughs> He's co he's co three point champion this year. Is that what you that's that's what you Kings fans are riding with? If you want to throw in uh Harris in there, sure, but I think Buddy won by himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well we did not come here to talk hoops, although I gotta get you on for a Kings pod. I promised you earlier in the year, so that's still coming. I promise. But we are here to talk about the big ten year anniversary of Drake So Far Gone that was just re released last week. On Apple Music and all streaming services. I say Apple Music because that's what I rock with. Uh, but, you know, for those of you that, that don't know So Far Gone, and that's the mixtape, which was actually, Will, were you, like, shocked at the amount of people that just, like, didn't really know of, like, the, the full So Far Gone mixtape? <clears throat> uh, shock? No. It's just uh, this album dropped in 2009. Uh, we're going to discuss about this a little more in depth later. But to me, uh, So Far Gone is like the internet, especially hip-hop's internet first real body of work where you had to hop online and get it. Yeah. And so um, anything that's kind of like, to me, the first, it's it's going to be a lot of people will miss it no matter how big it is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, let's, let's give them some some context because I was actually kind of surprised by the number of young homies that I have that I talk music with that didn't know of the real version of this, but we'll oh, wow. get into that a little bit more. So for, for the background for this, uh, this came after, again, 2009, this came after dropping two well-received mixtapes, Room for Improvement and Comeback Season. Drake was seen as one of the biggest up-and-coming artists in the game, 
and this led him to getting a Wayne co-sign and joining him on the Carter 3 tour. Your guy, Will Gill, Lil Wayne. Um, and this was Wayne at his absolute peak, creating uh, what was called to this day one of the biggest major label bidding wars in music history for Drake. Um, and despite this, Drake was always closely affiliated with Young Money pretty much from the from the early days of the Wayne co-sign. And uh, it was no surprise when he eventually ended up signing with Young Money, which was after the release of this mixtape, So Far Gone. It was later that year in 2009. And again, the major success of this mixtape led to Drake re-releasing a So Far Gone EP, which was only seven tracks and featured two new songs not on the original cut, which were Fear and the one you all know, I'm Going In with Wayne and Jeezy. So that's kind of the background of, of this. Um, but Will Gill, at the time now, you're, I don't I don't mean to date you, but you're a little bit older than me. You're a little bit ahead of me on the curb. So, like, uh, I, I had a very childish, I think I was, I, what was I? I was, I had to be 13. So I was, so I was just kind of getting into music. I didn't really fully understand it. Um, but what was, what was, like, kind of your reception of Drake and So Far Gone around this time? Like, what do you recall? The buzz around him, the buzz around the project, all that. Yeah, so 2019, I'm uh, I'm one year removed from high school, and for me the buzz was what was great about Drake from the beginning was that I loved his music just because I thought the rapping was high level, the song creating was high level, uh, his ear for the beat selection was great, and then what made his music even better is that women loved drake's music so i'm fresh out of high school i know anytime you know a honey comes in the car i could put on this drake we could both enjoy this music we could talk about it we could rap along with each other and then that's what kind of uh energy i got from early drake was like uh women love drake men love drake and uh he helped us come together (laughs) (laughs) shout out to drake for that man and still 10 years later doing that exactly but um yeah, you know, I, I had a different experience. You know, I was just a, I was just a young kid. You know, I mean, I mean, it wasn't I wasn't at that level yet. But like, as far as as far as like the cuts of um, you know, best I ever had, like that's what I remember from this. I don't really remember listening to the full project, but I remember hearing the break off uh, cuts off this like best I ever had, brand new, and being blown away by this by this artist. Um, were you like at that time? Were you able to kind of like gauge like the sense of like what Drake was within the rap community, like how people were receiving it, or not really? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, just just so we're clear, the first time I ever heard Drake was "Best I Ever Had," and then listening to that record brought me to the full mixtape of uh, "So So Far Gone," and then. Um, I would say, yeah, it was pretty evident that Drake was something special right away. Like, it's easy to hear that now and kind of roll your eyes at it. But this project as a whole, what made it easy to accept Drake is just the range that he was delivering throughout this whole mixtape. You have, like, uh, records like Houston, Land of Vegas, uh, which is kind of like a, a, a strip club anthem, which is like, that's a hip-hop stable. Like, Drake's got that in there right, right and early. You have a pop record, like, Let's Call It Off. You have records like um, Uptown and uh, and November 18th. That was like a, a, a Houston-style record created yeah. by a Jewish guy from Canada. <laughs> and um, somehow all these records were able to be on this one mixtape all fit together and flow and um 
I think everybody that listened to it was it, it's it's pretty undeniable that you're like this guy Drake is going to be something special for a long time just because it felt like I was listening to a guy that had the full package and he wasn't even champagne poppy yet he was still a uh, shopping bag drizzy at this time so <laughs> you know he still had levels to go but right away uh, you could tell that this guy had it all. Yeah, man, 100%. That's that's the perspective I get visiting this in hindsight, this full body of work. Um, I think it wasn't until later in 2009 that I that I listened to it at, as a full body of work and even beyond that before I became, you know, so uh, involved with music and able to kind of understand and process it. So I always come from a retroactive, uh, a retroactive point of view. But let's kind of talk about it now. So it's 10 years later. Um, I was I was somebody who was following the tea leaves very early. I mean the the whole Kanye Twitter war with Drake in December, like that was all about Drake getting the clear the sample clear for say you will and and all that. So I so I kind of knew in the back of my mind that so far gone was coming or it was trying <clears throat> to or Drake was trying to make this a thing. And with that being said, you know, so I, I started re-listening to it myself to prepare for this podcast and for this for this conversation and i i think the music holds up pretty much exceptionally well for most of the records i mean how do you feel about this 10 years later yeah um this mixtape is undeniable it's one of the easiest listens you can have with a hip-hop project that's not just so sweet that it's like like nasty pop but uh it's a very easy listen and what what makes it tight too, where uh, it has replay value, even though the listens are easy, is the uh, Drake. Drake is coming through with bars, yeah. I, I, like the uh, the clearance track that you touched on earlier. The uh, say what's oh, real, man. like bro, like Drake is just hitting us over the head with bar after bar after bar. Is introspective. That, that BlackBerry bar, man, about if you find my BlackBerry with my raps, give it to a rapper because they need it more than I do. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and then, like, another bar that sticks out to me was, like, on uh, November 18th where he was like, uh, I sent your girl a text. She sent me one back, but I ain't even really read it, read it because pussy's only pussy, and I get it when I need it. I was like, this guy Drake, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> So he's coming through with the Sonics on this album, and he's also coming through with the bars. And I think that's what makes this uh, mixtape so enjoyable, so easy to listen to, and so easy to go back and uh, re-enjoy it. Yeah, man. I I agree with that 100%. Like, a lot of these records hold up. You know, there's a few, like, Unstoppable, which even though I like that track, I mean, definitely doesn't sound like it could fit in today's music. Um, if it came out, but there, there's some records on here, like a night off with Lloyd. Like, I think that record would still smash today if it was, if it was dropped. Cause it's got that very 808s inspired instrumental and a lot of, there's a lot of 808s inspiration on here. Don't get me wrong. But, um, but yeah, even, even the, uh, what's the, what's the one I'm thinking of? You just mentioned it earlier, uh, track four. It's the, it's the pop record. Uh, let's call it off. Yeah, let's call it off. Yeah, I think that one's one that could that could still pop today. Best I ever had could still easily pop today. Like that's to me one of my all time favorite Drake songs, and I think that's Drake at his best, balancing rapping and singing. And so you know, there's a lot of cuts on here that just today still sound still sound fresh and still sound like they can hold up to today's music. So that was really what impressed me the most about this. And it's part of the reason why I think that this is Drake's best body of work. Will Gill, are you, are you with me or against me on that take? 
I'm not I'm not riding Chris Platty. I am not riding. To me, uh best body of work from Drake is uh Take Care, not close. And the reason why I would say Take Care is just to me like that album sounds more mature. It sounds like uh Drake is grown up, the themes on there mature, the sonics of the album is a little bit more mature. For me, this mixtape, it makes me feel like a teenager and I don't always love that. And so uh to me I can't jump over get over that enough for me to put this path take care for Drake's best body of work. Yeah, you know, I I will I will agree with that to an extent. Like I've argued this in the last couple of weeks on Twitter uh, about about just about just take care versus so far gone cuz that is seems to be the consensus. Like if I were if I were to divide it, there's basically three camps of of Drake fans that will say there's a camp that will say so far gone's the best. That the majority will say take care, and then there's another small percentage that says nothing was the same. And so, to me, when it comes to take care, um, you're right. Like the the thing I will always give to take care is the higher highs on that project are are much better. Like there's there's more um, higher levels on there. Like best I ever had is one of the best records between those two bodies of work. But then after that, the maybe you know the next three or four, or even five, go to take care. And so, so I've always given that point, but to me, what makes So Far Gone is best, and this is something, Will Gill, you and I have always talked about when it comes to Drake, and it's that, it's that batting average, that hit ratio, right? Like, Drake always stacks his albums with, a, and projects, I should say, with a lot of records. You know, I, the, I think at 18, this is his second shortest project. And so, you know, that's something that's really... That that that's really makes it hard for an artist to hit on all eighteen songs or or near all eighteen. And with Take Care, you know, I got I got like I went through and I did the math. I got about five records that I skip on Take Care, but I got I got maybe one that I skip on this project. And so that to me makes this project better. Um, and the fact that I think I think this project better captures his personality than than even Take Care. And I know some people would would disagree with me on that do you do you get what i'm saying when it when i feel like uh his personality his charisma his his just ego everything shines through a little bit better on this project in my opinion uh, no i i definitely stand behind what you're saying on that aspect of it of his personality and i think what kind of makes that statement true is that on so far gone drake is kind of like i know wayne's there a lot and there's features on the album but Drake, as an artist to me, is kind of standing by himself on this project. Yeah. When you get to Drake and Take Care, we know about Take Care and the weekend's involvement in that album. And we know uh, Drake has just evolved as an artist. And so he's on this one, I think, on Take Care, I think Drake is starting to show that he's watching the movements of the industry. He's allowing himself to be engulfed by new sounds. And that's why like he blends the weekend's music so well with his. And when you go to so far gone, it feels a hundred percent Drake because it's probably the most Drake that we got of himself on the project is uh, from so far gone. All right. All right. So, so you would, to clarify though, you, you would put take care number one and so far gone is what second, third, so, yeah, I'll I'll put a second, but like to me, uh, so far gone isn't it, it's interchangeable between uh, nothing was the same and uh, if you're reading this too late. To me, those three projects are all kind of close to each other. Yeah, if you're reading this is too late, to me has become it's a project that I've liked, but 
Um, and I know we're getting off topic, so I'll just make this quick point here. But with with if you're reading this, it's too late. That's one to me that I kind of I kind of see as like right outside of that top tier, uh, a top three tier. You know, like it's it's just a level, a, a, a small level, uh, short of those other bodies of work. But I want to talk about I want to talk about what I what I have been theorizing and thinking about all these last couple weeks, and that is the impact that this could have on the music industry. Um, and shout out most dope Kristen on my Twitter because she actually tweeted this at me too when I was uh, when I was kind of hinting to it. I didn't want to put it out there because I wanted to put it on this podcast, but she already picked up the she already picked up the vibe I was going on. So shout to her for that. But I I've been theorizing that I think this could have a major impact on the music industry potentially. Now right now this the 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 first week sales numbers have come in or well the projections have come in not the final numbers but. It's he's projected to move forty to fifty k units with about eight thousand of those being pure sales. Uh, we'll get like for a Drake for a Drake re-release mixtape. All things considered, like, do you think that's a a good number, a bad number? Like, if I were to make you guess before I told you that number, what would you have guessed? Uh, I I would have had no guess at all. To be yeah. honest, I don't really know the numbers game too much. Yeah, I I would have I would have honestly guessed a hundred thousand just because Drake is Drake, and because I I I kind of overestimated a little bit um, of just how much how much there was going to how many new Drake fans there was going to be or how many uh how many of Drake's fan base this was going to be new to, so I think I I, I think I pretty much I pretty much uh overestimated that a little bit because from what I got was. There was a good amount of people, yes, like I said earlier, that didn't know this project, but they weren't even even they weren't really checking it out. Mostly, what it was on Twitter was everybody going, "Man, I remember being in high school and like you know like playing this to get girls, or like you know like all the stuff you know that that we were just talking about at the beginning of the podcast." So I kind of overestimated it, and so that kind of that kind of has me a little bit concerned, but. I'm wondering, you know, if 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 this is considered su- successful, and you're right, I'm with you, Will. I don't know what the number is that the industry would consider successful. I would have guessed a hundred thousand just because he's Drake, but um, I think I think that if this number is considered successful, we could see the string of like classic '90s and 2000 mixtapes that aren't on streaming services, and in some cases are no longer on that piff, like make a return, you know, like. Like some of these records, like here, I'll go through some mixtapes. Like these are classic mixtapes that have over a million downloads on Dat Piff, and these were like essential. And you know these, and I know yeah. these, but there's a whole nother generation that doesn't know these, and that's. Um, <clears throat> and, and so and I want to get your thought. Go ahead. Okay, say so just before you um, spit out the the list, I just want to say I've been thinking about like. Um, these classic albums being dropped onto streaming services and it makes sense that drake was the first one to get his up because yeah. you know he's drake yeah but i always i, I really thought that wiz khalifa's cushion orange juice was going to be the first mixtape to kind of make its way to the streaming platforms just because actually. uh oh it's on there yeah it came back in july actually Oh, then I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good. I got actually a list of uh, some of the ones that have come up before, but you're right. I thought I thought for sure Drake would be the pioneer of this, and you know maybe maybe we do have to in hindsight credit Wiz who dropped it, you know about six, seven, eight months ago. But um, these are the ones that are currently on streaming services that are these are like universally acclaimed mixtapes, and that's Cushion OJ, All the Dream Chasers, 
Macadelic, Best Day Ever from Mac Miller. Those are both from Mac Miller, actually. And Live Love ASAP, OD, and Section 80. So those are all mixtapes that are on streaming services right now. But I want to go through this quick list, and I want you to tell me yes or no on each one if you think if you think it's going to it's going to find its way back to uh if if it's crucial enough and, and important enough to find its way back to streaming services. So Detroit Big Sean. No. Rich Forever by Rick Ross. No. The Dedication Series slash All Wayne mixtapes. Uh just two and three. Just two and three. Okay, so you think only a select few of Wayne's. What about No Ceilings? I think No Ceilings could. Uh, no Ceilings 1, not 2. Not uh, No Ceilings 2 yeah. is terrible. Yeah, No Ceilings 2 is 100% terrible. I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> even even maybe The Drought 2. The Drought is a really good one. Yeah, the, um, uh, the Drought 3, though, and like yeah. pretty much the whole Drought, and a lot of Wayne's catalog, I just think it's too hard to get that one through just because of... It's, it's the classic mixtape where he's just rapping right. 48 bars over your favorite rapper's instrumental so that'd be hard i'd be surprised if those uh make it up yeah yeah that's the one thing that's difficult about wayne but i think wayne's popular enough i think wayne is in that drake drake tier in a sense where he could be the artist that is popular enough that has a dedicated enough fan base to get that to happen um you know and so that's why that's why i think wayne has a good shot uh, what about Taylor Alderice and the Cat and Cabin Fever Two by Wiz? Uh Taylor Alderice, yes. Cabin Fever, no. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, co-signment, Jadakiss. Uh, I haven't heard it. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't heard it. To, well, I've heard it, uh, but I don't know how many. I don't. I can't recall off the top of my head how many um, are actually are actually uh you know like industry beats that are already made like i don't know how many samples you'd have to clear for that one um but i would i would guess i would guess no as well uh friday night lights j cole i think this one will happen yes has to yeah uh what about the soul tapes by fab soul tapes no uh to me those those are like mixtapes in its truest sense the way the droughts were so i think those stay at that piff Okay, what about Purple Rain by Future? I was surprised this one wasn't on there. Purple Rain, I could see Purple Rain just kind of getting switched over to streaming platforms without no hoopla behind it. Yeah, yeah, I think, well, I don't know. I I think Future would try to make it a a moment. I think he would, because this is a, that is a mixtape that's well-received by his fan base. Um, But speaking of Future, the Project E.T. one that he recently did with Future and Esco, uh, do you think that one makes it? Nah, that that feels like a that should be a a street cut for everybody that's in the know. I don't want that one on streaming platforms. What about Kids by Mac Miller? That one's one of his most critically acclaimed mixtapes. Kids, hmm. Ah, uh, no, I would say no. To me, it's just too many too many uh, instrumentals on Kids that are uh, not original, and again, like who's paying to get these clearances through. So I just can't imagine how kids would make it there. But Mac has a lot of mixtapes with original beats that can make it and not be kids. That's why I thought about it for a while. But uh, I think he has other mixtapes that could make it up there uh, that's not on streaming services yet. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, Acid Rap in 10 Day by Chance. I would put money on Acid Rap. I don't know about 10 Day. I, I don't think there's Acid Rap will make its way up because a lot of those beats that is on acid rap is from the justice league 
And I know, like, last year, Justice oh, League yeah, right. and the Chance were going back and forth. They had a, a pretty big argument about the rights of the music and not getting paid what they're owed. So uh, be very surprised if that one pops up on your streaming uh, devices. Yeah, but Father Chance forgave them for their sins. So I'm, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure things will be all right. They, I'm sure the Justice League repented but uh, for their sins. But... Uh, what about some of Wale's big mixtapes, like foreign and mixtape about nothing? Uh, nah. Yeah, I the industry so. don't really like Wale like that anyway. So I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't True. think anybody's cutting him any favors. True. Um, and then and then the last two the last two series I got here. So what about the Young Sinatra Logic taste? Because those have a really tight core following, but those kind of follow the mixtape vein of industry beats. But I yeah. think Logic has a diehard enough fan base that I think maybe these could be potentially worth it yeah logic's in a special spot where he sold enough records where you know anything anything's possible but like like we touched on earlier just so many beats that he's just rapping on that he'll have to get the clearance from but he sold a lot of records so anything is possible mm-hmm. and lastly uh drake drake's other two mixtapes any chance room improvement or comeback season go i would say no just because to me, I think if Drake was rewriting his history, he'd want it to start with So Far Gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind you on that one. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, so all right. Yeah. I mean, those are those are some of the those are some of the classic mixtapes that I think you know could could maybe potentially someday in, in some universe make it to the streaming platform services. Uh, Will Gill, overall, I want to get just like a final word from you on this. Like, do you think? Do you see this? Uh, do you see this kind of mixtape resurgence happening, or do you think this Drake thing is an anomaly and we might get like one or two more and that's it? Uh, I think this Drake thing is an anomaly. Um, I think we'll probably get one or two more. I think the ones that do get green lit after this would be green lit because uh, they have predominantly uh, original beats on there. Yeah. But uh, I think Drake's kind of like in the class of his own where uh, he could be beefing with Kanye, but still get the clearance for say what's real. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, that's a special lane to be in. And that's what happens when you sell records the way he does when you're as big as he is. You know, you kind of do what you want. Yeah. But um, my, there's a couple of closing thoughts on like the um, So Far Gone. And it's cool that I, it came out on streaming services because streaming services is like the new way to digest music. Is to yeah. stream it, and it's kind of cool that like this is one of the first big ones that might start that new trend because, um, to me, uh, this so far gone mixtape was the mixtape that like got people that weren't in the know about datpiff.com weren't in the know about mixtapes. It got them to go to these websites and download free mixtapes. Like I had so many people like when uh, this came out was like, oh, damn, I didn't know Wayne had all this music just, like, laying around on datpiff.com for free, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, and I feel like um, So Far Gone was so big and, like, such a force that, like, it, it changed the music industry in a sense that where, like, radio was playing, like, fucking Flo Rider and Soulja Boy still. And then <laughs> the internet kind of swooped in. It was like, we don't need you anymore. And So Far Gone was, like, the catalyst of that. And then later was follow up by, you know, Wiz was bubbling on the mixtape scene, uh, J. Cole, Big Sean. And these artists eventually popped right after So Far Gone. But uh, Drake was there first and uh, he kind of smashed those doors down. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would I would agree. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say first, but he was definitely I think he was the one that 
that really revolutionized it you know like there was like don't get me wrong like the gangster grills mixtapes and the and the wayne mixtapes those were all big deals but i think drake just because of his, his sound was so commercial even from the so far gone days that i think he brought a new audience to uh to that piff yeah, well said. That's a perfect point. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Will Gill, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. It was a great time having you. I enjoyed this conversation. This was a so far gone conversation that I wanted to get out for a long time, and I'm glad it was you that was on this podcast. And I see that you're back to work on the Hip Hop Review podcast, so go ahead and plug that and tell them what you got cooking. Oh, man. We lit. Uh, yeah, I'm back, baby. Uh, Hip Hop <laughs> Review Podcast. Uh, search us on all platforms, except for Spotify. We still uh, play music on our podcast, so uh, we ain't going to be on Spotify anytime soon. But we on all the other platforms. Just search Hip Hop Review Podcast. We'll pop up. This this month, uh, I'm reviewing Dr. Dre all month. So last week, I dropped uh, the Chronic Review. Uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm dropping uh, the Chronic 2000 uh, review and after that we're dropping Compton so that's what's Hell going yeah. on this month if you want to check it out just search Hip Hop Review Podcast and uh, you'll find us. Hell yeah I'm looking forward to those Dr. Dre reviews that's that's one of our favorite producers of all time and happy birthday by the way as we're recording this uh, it is right. Dr. Dre's birthday so great shout out to go. Part. Yeah shout out to go to production. Thank you Will for coming on man take care buddy and I'll uh, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for having me on.